0: Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women and how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwithit.org. welcome to another edition of the Get Wedded Podcast. I'm so excited. We have with us Michelle Milo. If I was French, <laughs> I would be saying it like that. <laughs> um, she is joining us from um, Canada, o- Ottawa, right? That's correct. Ottawa, Canada. And so we're super um, excited to have you on. I wish I would have just been able to go to Canada and meet you in person, but we're all we're not traveling these days. <laughs> so. Unfortunately, not. So, just so I have this right, you're the Chief Marketing Officer of Solis. Did I say that right? Solace, solace, solace. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So, okay, but we're gonna start like way back when, and how you got, like, where you're from. How'd you end up where you're at in Canada? Are you born and raised in Canada? Yeah. So. So, Take it away. Okay. So I was born and raised in Canada. I was born and raised in uh, Elmer, Quebec, which is just on the Quebec side of the Ottawa River. So near the nation's capital. Oh. Uh, and I was raised franglais, as we say. So both French and English. Uh, my dad was French. My mom was English. So we had both in the, in the family. And I have been a tech lover since I was fairly young. Actually, my dad always had popular Mechanics and Scientific American and all these magazines and that's where my heart gravitated towards. So I went into engineering in university and studied engineering geophysics, um, thinking that I would someday start my own boutique geophysics firm. Uh, so I always thought I'd go back to an MBA, do that, but that's not what happened. Geophysics. Yeah, engineering geophysics. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> people, it, it's actually much simpler than it sounds. So, there's sort of three things that people do with geophysics. One is they work for oil companies. So, all the seismic research that gets done, there's a the geophysicist there, they're, they're the main scientist involved in uh, trying to find oil. Um, the second thing is exploration for minerals like gold and and uranium and other things so there'd be a geophysicist there because you can't it's really expensive to build a mine and to drill holes in the earth so they start with doing geophysics which is using science to sense what's under the earth but using instrumentation um to do it so that then you can target okay well let's drill here instead of spending millions of dollars drilling holes all over the place, right? Oh. Uh, and then the third is um, the third area is volcanology and seismology. So the people that work for the geological survey, some of them would be engineering geophysicists, some would just be geophysicists, and then uh, people that work on um, volcano research as well. So those are the three areas. Oh, my God. Okay, did you know which area you would want to work in? Honestly, I... Initially, after university, I really wanted to start working in volcanology. I thought that seismology. So I had applied for um, a post um, undergrad kind of a, it's like an internship with a a Filipino Institute of Volcanology. And I got accepted, and that's what I thought I would start with. I didn't think I would spend my whole career there, but I thought I would start with it. Um, And unfortunately, just due to the timing, they found out that Michelle was a female and they rescinded by application they, they said it was too dangerous for a, a girl to go uh, uh, to the institute at that time and there was a, there was a fair bit of um, guerrilla activity and you know there was lots of warring going on at the time around around the institute but still it was quite a, quite a shocking it was my first introduction to uh, the reality that you know things <laughs> Things aren't always equal. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, like, heartbreaking. Holy yeah. moly. You know, I was young, and at the time, it was just, well, okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll travel. I decided, actually, to backpack through Europe. So. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. You, you made out in the deal. <laughs> yeah. So I went and worked and then, and then did my backpacking and then came back and looked really hard for a job. And ended up finding one in gold exploration, so that's where I started my career. Oh, gold! Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Northern uh, Canada mostly, but near Alaska, so in the Yukon. Um, if you've ever watched any of those shows, I have. <laughs> yeah, then then I worked I worked uh, in Dawson, just outside of Dawson, in areas that uh, are often mentioned on on those gold mining shows. So, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh, let me reminisce for a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So then you're, you're panning for gold. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we we're doing, the, the, we were, well, we did pan for fun, but we were doing the, the geophysics work. So um, this is where the pivot happens. So I, you know, I, as I said at the beginning, I thought that would be my career, but I thought at some point I would go back, do an MBA so that I could get on the business side and and run a shop of geophysicists. You know, I saw myself as um, wanting to get more into the leadership side of it. Uh, But along the way, I had chronic knee issues from years playing basketball And they were getting worse and worse and worse. And I really needed a total reconstruction of my knee. Um, ACL and and a whole bunch of other things needed to be done at the same time. And my work was getting harder and harder and harder. And finally, I I said to my boss that I had to get this done, that I really needed the surgery. And I needed time out of the field because the field work is very physical. You know, you're in the bush and you're walking tens of kilometers a day and you're carrying equipment and, and uh, it's, uh, it's great, but it's physical. So the, my boss at the time said, well, look, you can't, I can't keep you employed. We're a small shop, which we were, we were a, a tiny shop. Um, you need, you know, go get your knee fixed and then come back um, when you're done. So that's when the pivot happened. Uh, I at the same time got contacted by a software company called Cognos That software company did business intelligence software, and they were looking at the time for somebody for another part of their business that was very technical, and they were looking for technical people who could do what was really product management, but they didn't have product management in the company. They had marketing people that were technical writing marketing requirements, and then they had development. So they wanted a more technical marketer. And, I, and so they, they got in contact with me and I had no experience in marketing, none, virtually none. Um, I'd just done some things in university with a magazine, sold some advertising for an engineering magazine, but I didn't have any real marketing skill. Um, but they said, look, we're really, we can train you on the marketing side, but we really need people who can understand the tech. So I thought, well, I need to get my knee fixed. The job was back in Ottawa. I had been living in Toronto. My family was in the Ottawa area. So I thought, okay, I'll give it a shot. Totally fell in love with software um, and decided to make it my career and then moved from that more technical marketing roles into product marketing, into other areas of marketing, and, and, and here we are. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy how you just kind of fall into IT and then love it, right? Absolutely, yeah. I just loved everything about it. So this, and now you're at Solus. Uh Yeah. And what do they do? So Solus is deep in the tech stack. So we're middleware technology. So what we do is we move data. So there's databases store data, there's analytics analyze data, and then there's this whole world of technologies that move data around. So that's, that's the area that we play in is data movement space. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. So what, do you have a team that you work with? I do. I have two teams. I have a team that does business development and then I have a team that does the, the core marketing side. And there I have an events team, a digital marketing team, the team that does kind of core creative and marketing communications and our product marketing team. Oh, okay. So you have a lot, kind of balls juggling all at one time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, we're, and on top of it, we have people in uh, field marketing in different countries. So we're a global company. We operate oh. only, only about 40% of our business is in North America. Oh, really? Where's the yeah. rest of it? <laughs> about 30% is in Europe uh, and the UK. And then another 30% is in Asia Pacific, mostly in um, Singapore, Hong Kong, a little bit in China, India, uh, Australia, New Zealand. Oh, Australia. They Mm -hmm. got big spiders and snakes that bite (laughs) you there. (laughs) I heard it's beautiful and people tell me all the time it's beautiful. I'm like, yeah, but they got like spiders and snakes that can bite you. Unlike here in North America, right? Right. (laughs) We don't have any. (laughs) So when you are working with those teams, so a lot of times if I'm working with a team that's overseas, there's always the conflict of um, timing, which I wanted to make sure, of course, with your schedule, and then um, this whole communication. So you guys must be very familiar with Zoom, Microsoft team. This, This wasn't a hard adjustment. No, it really wasn't. I mean, we, we've we always used video conferencing of some sort, but now what's the adjustment is that, of course, for all the local things that we used to do face-to-face, we're now doing them on Teams. We use Microsoft Teams mostly. Okay. So that's our that's – our, um, That seems to be the go-to for a lot of people. I think for companies that are deep into Microsoft, so we have the Microsoft – soft stack already. Um, it's just an easy, it's secure and integrated into what we do. So it's simple, simple and easy. Yeah. Mm. Um, a lot of people, I think it's user friendly too. Yeah. Yeah. The only, the only thing I'd like better about zoom is that you get to see everybody in the gallery, right? That's true. (laughs) Microsoft just added the ability to do a three by three but before that, you could only see four people at a time, so it was almost a little bit dizzying sometimes when you had a lot of people on a call because whoever was speaking would pop up, and the other <laughs> people would pop away and then pop up. And then with Zoom, you would see, see everybody, so I kind of like that. Yeah, you get to, and you can read their faces then. Yeah, get the you never range. know the people that were on screen, what they were thinking. So, Absolutely. so tell me, how has this whole craziness of COVID affected? Let's go with your company first. Yeah, from the company perspective, it has presented us with, I, I call it a headwind. So, you know, we're not in a position where it's been our business has gone to zero. You know, that, so we're very fortunate that way. From a company perspective, everybody can operate online. So the transition to work from home was very painless from an operational perspective. It has been painful for people who have kids that are young, um, that are not in school the most. They're the ones that are having the most difficult time because the the daycare centers are closed and nannies can't come and work in the home and things like that. So they're really, you know, that's really hard. Um, The ones who have school age kids, of course, I'm sure it's similar where you are, the school systems were were online and virtual, but some Mm -hmm. of the teachers, also have kids, so you know, their ability to teach depended on their own family situation. So, so everybody had you know, different struggles. So it wasn't, certainly wasn't business as usual, but we were able to transact and do everything that we normally do when we were working. And in terms of our company's business, because we're global too, when the Asia Pacific part of the business was starting to really slow down, um, Europe and, and North America were still strong. And then when Europe was shutting down, you know, and, and North America was shutting down, Asia Pacific was starting to open up a little bit. So that's helped. That's helped. Uh, but, yeah, we, we're facing, you know, business is challenging right now, I'll say. Everywhere, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but you didn't have to, unfortunately, lay anybody off or you guys held strong? We held strong. We did everything we could not to lay people off. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So in your team, how, do you have a lot of women? I do. I do have a lot of women. Yeah, I have a lot of women. I have a lot of women. And uh, I have an incredible team of women around the world. It's, it's fantastic. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. So lots of women. We like that. We like to hear that. Um, okay, now for the switch, your life How did this all move and shake you around? You know, I actually have a very interesting silver lining to this because I have university-age kids. They're home and they're, they know, they've been able to find work so they've been picking up little jobs here and there or volunteering here and there. Um, But usually when they come home from university, They're always out with their friends. So we've actually been able to spend some really great family time. So that for me has been an unexpected silver lining. Oh, you know, university is our high school, right? What's the university? What's the university? Is that college? Oh, sorry. Yes. College. Um, So in Canada, you, a university. So it, you would only you would say Harvard University because it has grad programs. In Canada, there's no distinction. So if it's a postgraduate, if it's post high school, it's considered university. So a college for us is what you would call community college or a non university or non. Okay. Yeah. Okay, like a community. Okay, and then college college is university. Okay. That's right, yeah. So, your kid how many kids do you have? I have two boys. And they both go to the university where you live. No, one of them is in a university a couple hours away in a town a city called Kingston, Ontario, and it's Queen's University. And the other one goes to university in the US uh in Rhode Island at Providence College, and he's there on an NCAA scholarship for <laughs> hockey. For hockey. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of hockey team they got at that Rhode Island school? They have a uh, division one, uh, really good hockey team. Whoa, yeah. I'm going to have to look them up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did he, he came home then when yes. all of this happened? They had to. Yeah. They were all, they were all um, told to leave and it was pretty, sudden, actually. Everything happened very quickly. Oh, man. Oh, -hmm. that stinks. Mm -hmm. So, must have some athletes going on in that family. Yeah, we have been very family. (laughs) Um, Well, you said you played basketball. I did. Yeah. Did you play basketball at the university? No. By the time I got to university, unfortunately, my uh, knee was so shot and I just uh, decided that I would focus on my engineering (laughs) geophysicists yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. well that's cool that they both came home and um well uh, just out of curiosity what is what are the horrible things your son says about the united states because <laughs> there's got to be a lot of it <laughs> no you know what both um both my kids were born in the u.s because we lived in boston for six years um, okay i worked out of boston the company that i worked for was a, a a Canadian software company, but we had a a headquarter in Boston, in the Boston area. So we oh. lived in Boston and my husband's American. So he grew up there, well, there and other places, but he, his parents are, are American and he's American. So, you know, for us, it's just, just watching, um, some of the things has been really painful, you know, it's, uh, it, you feel helpless, and, and you know, we've got a lot of family there, got a lot of friends there, so, yeah. It's a little bit of a hot mess down here. Mm, it's hard to watch. Yes, it's very hard to watch. It breaks my mm-hmm. heart, so. Um, but you're not – so is – what, are you open up there? I don't want to say open. That's kind of like a general. Are you guys getting back to, like, getting the economy going and mm-hmm. things are opening up? And It's very dependent on the geography. So province by province. So some of our provinces, like Prince Edward Island, which is a small, literally an island, if you know, Anne of Green Gables, that's where she Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that whole story from Prince Edward Island. Well, they, did, they didn't even have, I think, a single – Case it was very very low because they're an island and they controlled their borders and, and so on. So they opened up very quickly, completely. Um, in Ontario, where I'm from, the, the Toronto area is still you know they, they they've been flattening the curve, but they still have quite a few cases compared to the rest of Ontario. So they're they're still in in, in a more severe lockdown. Ottawa just recently added a whole bunch of services. So. Golf courses opened and parks are now open. You can't go in the play structures, but you can, you know, play sports in the parks. You can get groups of 10. You know, we can go to the salon. You got your hair done. Got your hair done. (laughs) You can go to salons. Yeah. But, you know, right now the thing is they're asking people to mask anytime you're indoors and to still keep the social distance. So we're not, we're not, certainly not business as normal, but it's a lot better than it was two weeks ago yeah we're not quite normal nor I don't think we'll ever be back to mm. normal again, but um' not until there's a vaccine anyway correct 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 so so will your company then how does it plan for your teams to Um, Now, like, did they make an announcement like, oh, we'll just work from home till the end of the year, or we're going to take it month by month, or Mm -hmm. how do they? Yeah. So we we have a, a COVID committee. That's made up of different people from around the company, and every week we send out an update so we tried not to be too declarative about how long we would stay working from home, but right now there are some offices that are already back in the office, so our zurich Switzerland office is already they're already back in the office uh, because Switzerland you know had minimal impact and and that's so we're we're trying to follow local sort of the local guidance of the the health authorities and the politicians locally. And right now in Ottawa, um, we have some people already in the office that are working on manufacturing because it has to be done in person. So we manufacture hardware. So that that's an in-person thing. And we made all the accommodations and put the safety measures in place, but there's right now, there's no strong push to get people back in unless they have Um, situations at home that are not that that are making it impossible or very difficult for them to work so we're looking at that as our first step to easing people back in otherwise we're not in a huge rush to move people back because you know it's going to be complicated and our building our headquarters building is a 10-story building and we have a number of the floors and people would be taking elevators so it's it's not trivial to think about going back at this stage anyway. Oh yeah, you don't have to, so many people on an elevator at a time and you have mm-hmm. to be social, I'm sure you're social distancing up there and mm-hmm. everything else, so, mm-hmm. um, well, so when you say you're manufacturing, so you have people who are actually building hardware and you're doing the software. So we have an appliance, so we have a hardware appliance, so it's our version of our software um, in hardware. And some of our customers <laughs> buy that version because they they like the simplicity plus it's a it's a very purpose built piece of hardware, so the software that's embedded in it runs super fast oh. so some of our banking customers, um, particularly those in capital markets, really like that so then but then you have to worry about security, correct Mm-hmm. so how does that work because it's, it, I, I can only imagine that security is different at at every country level. So, You mean security for the people working in the building? No, security for your software. If you're working with banks, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Security is a core part of it around the world. I mean, the banks around the world have pretty much the same level of requirements. Environment for security, so we, you know, when we meet the needs of a New York bank, we're meeting the needs of a Hong Kong bank or a, yeah, a oh. Chinese bank, and, and we do have banks pretty much everywhere in the world right now. Before COVID, did you like travel all over the place? All the time. <laughs> did you get to go everywhere? I was always traveling, yeah. I, in the last year, I've been all over the world. India, yeah, all over Europe. You were a jet setter. Mm-hmm. So that's actually been, it's been kind of nice to actually be at home for multiple <laughs> months in a row. Uh, there is benefit to that. Get a little itchy feet every once in a while, but uh, generally it's, it is kind of nice to be home. Wow. Yeah. I can only imagine you've been all over for that. Well, yeah. if you were a geophysicist, you had to travel, right? Very different places, though. I mean, as a geophysicist, I was traveling on bush planes or helicopters into remote areas of the north. Oh so, my god! It, you know, it's it's different than going to Paris and <laughs> having champagne and first class. <laughs> very different travel. Very different travel. <laughs> I prefer the latter. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, so you now i need you to i need to better understand like what your role is yeah so my role as a chief marketing officer is to make sure that we have um we, that we create awareness in in the market and in our customer base of what we do that we evangelize the things that we think are kind of precursors to people purchasing so Parts of our, our solution are really leading edge, and a lot of companies are just sort of starting to get to use them. So, you know, that's part of what we do is to try to make sure that the analysts that write about this, the gardeners of the world, they you know, understand what we do. Um, they know why we do it. They get introduced to our best customers. So there's a lot of thought leadership and evangelism involved. Um, and then there's a lot of core kind of just everyday creative efforts to build new customers and new demand. And then on the business development side, we follow up on all the leads. So I have a team of people who follow up on all the leads that come in with your standard techniques of reaching out by email or phoning or or social media. And then the other area is uh, sort of market strategy, helping decide what we focus on, what kind of customers, where they are, um, and how we should approach them. So those are really the areas. How big is is – Solace so I'm not saying it right well you know so if you think of quantum of solace the movie so solace 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 yeah okay I have to write that down so I can look at it (laughs) solace so you take solace in in our software Okay. (laughs) Solace. (laughs) How big is that company? We're uh, right now about 330 people. So we're, you know, we're small, but mighty. Small, but mighty. Yes. But you're not considered a startup though, right? No, we're not considered in sort of venture world. We're considered a scale up. So we've, you know, we've gone through that early stage craziness and now our revenues are, are well on the, the upside, mm-hmm. the upside, the yeah. upside. So, yeah. and you don't do much here in North America. We well, 30%, uh, 40% of our business is in North America. So oh yeah. That, you said that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And we started, I, I, the, the business really started in New York city really. I mean, it was banks. We started with banks. Um, so that was, you know, that in London were kind of the core starting points for the company. And then we moved out to different types of businesses. Okay. I find it fascinating that people think of these things and then like hook it up to a company and then it just blows up. (laughs) Like I don't think a thing, like post-it notes. Like who would have thought a post-it note would be like my best friend? I know. And such a big and viable business, right? Right. Yeah. No, great idea. I think that's the thing is there, um, you know, there's so many simple ideas that People probably had the thought, but it's the people who take the thought and then actually, okay, I can make this a reality, right? Right. Make this into a real company. You know, I mean, all of us have, you know, cursed getting in a dirty cab with a rude driver, and but you know, it took the people who started Uber to actually say, okay, well, let's do something different, right? And, you know, it's that it's that mindset. It's the uh, go getters. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, assu- I'm assuming then Solace is like uh, not public. I don't know how you. No, we're not public. Right now we have um, a majority share owner is in a private equity firm out of New York City called Bridge Coast Capital. And then a number of other minor shareholders that are from various VC firms that you know, invested early in the company. But we're, yeah, we're not public. You're not private, public, company. You're mm-hmm. private company so okay that well I mean that makes sense you're still um three 330 ish people so I mean yeah. I get yeah. that so okay mm-hmm. so um let's switch topics what do you do for fun what do I do for fun well I love lots of different sports. So in the summer, I like to kayak, I like to play tennis, I like to go biking, I bike a lot. Um, so that's one thing. And I love music of any sort. So I go to a lot of music festivals, I listen to a lot of music. is um, the thing I like to do. I've been to that um, Phantom the Opera uh, theater there in Toronto. Is it still there? Yeah, yeah. Do they still do shows? They do. Well, not now, but they they will. (laughs) Um, Well, I took the train from Michigan with my mom and my grandma, and we came up to Toronto and went to see Phantom of the Opera. This was a long, long time ago, and um, um, I don't know if anybody will get this reference, but we used to bombard the roots store nobody i i would come back with roots and i'd be like isn't this awesome and they'd be like I'd never heard of it yeah, that, that must be a canada thing right
1: it is a it is a
0: canadian brand and it has made some inroads like boston had more had a few Roots stores actually and, and people there kind of knew it but probably because it's not that far from montreal so oh, that's true a, the, and a lot of people would come up from boston or all of new england really to go to Montreal and go skiing in the Laurentians and things, so they saw Roots. But yeah, I'm with you. I love, I love the brand. I love Roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love a great, it. it's a great yes. brand. Yes, we used to come up and see the show, the theater. We'd go to the theater and then we'd go shopping. Yeah. And there was a mall right there. Um, I don't the even know. Center. Yes. That's, mm. Yes. Is it? I'm going to assume it's still there.
1: It is. Yeah.
0: It's taken on a little bit of a different form probably than what you remember because they've been working on it a lot over the last years. Like most malls, you know, they're trying to reinvent themselves, but yeah, it's still there. Oh my God. I cannot believe that. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Roots. Man, I love that store. (laughs) People are going to go look it up now. They're going to listen and then Roots, they're Their website's gonna skyrocket with visitors. (laughs) That would be awesome. They deserve it. We'll help that Canadian economy. There Um, we go. (laughs) So how okay, so you like to do outdoorsy things. Are you a a downhill skier? I am a downhill skier. Yeah, in the winter I like to do downhill and cross country and I skate. And we're kind of in the capital of skating here because um, we have a, a long canal that runs through the city and has locks on both ends so that the boats can get down because there's quite a drop from the river there's a huge waterfall so they built a series of locks and in the winter they lower the water and uh in the canal so that it's only a few feet deep and then when it freezes over and it gets to i think it's two and a half feet is is the threshold then they allow people to skate on it and they maintain it they Plow the snow off. They water it. They have change huts along the way, and it's about five miles long. Oh, so, I would love to drive that zamboni. Yeah, they actually <laughs> just recently. They it used to be mostly trucks with plows and, and brushes and things, but they recently just found a way of getting a zamboni on because they have to. They, the zambonis are very heavy, right? So they don't want the you know the the heaviest of the heavy trucks on. But now they have found a way to get a kind of a long, uh, wow. Oh, I'm sure your son that plays hockey loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody in Ottawa loves skating on the canal. It's a, it's a big thing. If you, if you just Google it, you'll see, you know, these images of thousands of people on this canal on a winter day. I'd fall and break my hip. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my luck. Well, they, they, then you could be one of the people that gets to be pushed, and they have these these sleighs with rudders on them that you can rent, and people rent them that a couple of people can sit in them, and then the people who skate can push it. Oh, yeah. I'm more of a sitter with my drink, my hot toddy, and <laughs> pushed around. You can That's- get those on the canal, too. Yeah. See, that sounds like my kind of place right there. You know, little bars right along the way, eh? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. My family is from um, the UP, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, okay. and, yeah, we're close to that that side of Canada, so um, my folks down here in Ohio make fun of me because I say A. I was just going to say, you, you sounded very Canadian there for a minute. I did. See, and it, did. Oh, it comes out when I go up, I go home, and I'm like, I'll say it, and they're like, are you from Canada? I'm like... <laughs> Close.
1: <laughs> well, what I want to know
0: is how else do people ask a question? I mean, exactly. You,
1: you, nice I, day.
0: A. Eh? Yes, exactly. It has, it has its form. It has. It its has a purpose. It, it is. A, it is a verbal question mark. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you. That's gonna be my response from now on. I think. Well, how else do you ask a question? Yes, there so, you go. Yeah, See? There. Nice. I learned something. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So, all right. So the whole fam must go and be outdoorsy people, eh? Yeah. Oh, See, I just did it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Contagious. <laughs> it is. It is. So, um, your son, you said the one will come back here, right? Yeah. What's the plan? Do you, do you know, this is like totally side note, but What's going to happen? Well, they're saying right now that they're going to go back to class, in class, um, and they're to arrive on August 31st. So from there, we don't know much else except that they're planning on sending them all home before Thanksgiving. So doing a, a condensed in-person because the view is that, that the flu season really starts right in, in earnest it, after Thanksgiving kind of thing. So They bring the kids, let the kids go back home at that time frame. They would finish their semester online from there. Oh, and then they would come back after break, Christmas break. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have your house back to yourself. That's right. (laughs) Us and our and our new dog. Oh, you have a new dog. We got a COVID dog, as everybody's calling them people that got new dogs. So. Oh, what kind of dog? A standard poodle. Oh, mm-hmm. boy or girl? A girl. Yeah, a black, um, really curly-haired standard poodle. And is it a puppy? No, actually, we uh, we got it from a family that could no longer keep her. So it's she's she's fifteen months. So she's kind of you know like oh, a you know. Primary school age, so she's got a lot of spunk, but she's trained, fully oh, trained. That's what you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fully trained, I, sleeps through the night. It's yeah, the best of both worlds. It's like having a baby. Having a puppy <laughs> is like having a baby, man. <laughs> yep, this is kind of like. Giving birth to a you know a ten year old really or maybe seven seven year old seven year old yeah there, you, seven, go. Seven-year-old, yeah. Seven-year-old. Yeah, there yeah. you go there you go yeah, yeah. oh a COVID dog I think that's hilarious that's what they're calling it if you get an animal during COVID yeah what's COVID. her name COVID her name is Lily oh okay <laughs> yeah the family that we we got her from had already named her so uh, so we kept her her existing name Lily oh, that's sweet you saved mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's the lovely dog. So what are your plans now? Like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a very good question. Well, I I've, I've recently, um, over the last few years started advising companies, so startups, um, companies, and I'm on the board of, uh, one of them as a board member and then two others as an advisor. So, um you know it introduces me to all kinds of new technologies so right now i'm super happy where i am and i love the company and what i'm doing but you know after after it either runs its course gets acquired who knows what happens in in whatever time frame i could see myself uh going into the a smaller company startup company that kind of thing okay Mm-hmm. And no, no, not going to retire and go biking and skating anytime soon. Not, not in the current plans, right? <laughs> I'm still, I'm still having a lot of fun at work, so. Oh, well, That see, that's all that matters, that you still have a lot of fun at work. Yeah. So. And you said your husband's home too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's not driving you nuts? <laughs> no, he's, he actually recently retired, so <gasps> Oh, so he's exploring, uh you know, all the things that he wanted to do when he was working full time that he hadn't been able to do. So yeah. he's enjoying life. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I, I can, I can definitely appreciate that. That's for sure. So, okay. Well, we need to definitely put a, a shout out to Solace and the website name. So is it just it's just solace.com yeah and it's s o l a c e that's right s o l a c e.com but that's not how i wrote it down so i would say it properly <laughs> <laughs> so all right and then um, so do you do you hire like a staff og do you do any consulting, like hiring people within your company to consult on your products? Uh, to, you mean people, t- so technical people mm-hmm. to do sort of, in, yeah. Um, we have a services group, and they go out, and we have a pre-sales team and ve- that's very technical. So we have support technical, services technical, and, um, and the pre-sales technical teams that work kind of in tandem with the customer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So, okay. And, they, and they're located uh, in the region. So we have them in New York. We have some in, um, well, we have a couple people in Atlanta, a couple people in Texas, and a couple different locations. And we have around the Bay Area uh, and Chicago. Oh, well, you mm-hmm. got them all over the place. And Toronto, yes. In Toronto. Okay. Yes. And yeah. then in, in Europe, they're, they're spread out in Germany. Switzerland and London. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Got them all over the place. We do. We You're going to take over the world. <laughs> well, you know that is our aim. That it's a good aim to have. Good aim, exactly. <laughs> Good aim to have, you and all the women there. (laughs) That's right, exactly. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, well, do you have? This is just a random question. Do you have any groups like Get With It up there? We do. um, Yes, there's there's a number of different women in technology groups. Um, There's one that is helping uh, young younger women in high schools and in early stages of university. Um do basically think entrepreneurially so it's it's run um, through our invest Ottawa group here, which is a group that does some incubators some startup stuff and and they support our technology community in general and they they have a, an organization where groups of women young women will get together, they try to do a business plan, they come up with an idea, they do a business plan but it's 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 not meant to be an incubator it's meant more to introduce young women to entrepreneurship and and to technology at the same time. So so that's one of them. But yeah, there's a number of different groups. That's awesome. We like to hear that because we're nonprofit. We just like to make sure women are getting represented. (laughs) And, And you know, I've been in tech for a long time and I've been around for a long time in business. And I would say that it's encouraging that you know, I think the, the generation, whatever we're calling them, Zoomers, um, and and the millennials are certainly more open to women leadership. There's less embedded biases than there were in the generation that I came through, where, you know, it was, oh, you're an engineer, and people look at you cross-eyed like mm-hmm. you're some kind of freak. Um, and, and now it's just sort of, well, yeah, of course, you know. Women can be engineers; they can be whatever they want. But it's it is it's it has incrementally gotten better every year. But there's still a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to still be done. A lot Lots. of work to still be done.
1: Yes, so. but it's but I'm hopeful.
0: Um, you know, seeing change is is good. Yes, yes, definitely. So, well, I um, want to be very mindful of your time because you're a busy mm-hmm. lady. So. <laughs> um. I, just so I make sure, solace, S-O-L-A-C-E dot com, if anybody wants to um, look it up, and then you're going to have to spell your last name, but it's, you say it, Michelle, right? Michelle, yep. But you spell it with a Y. M Y. I I do. That's M-Y-C-H-E-L-L-E. Correct, yes. But the last name has a it's, T, but it's silent. That's right. It's Molo. M-O-L-L-O-T. And in French, it would be Mollo. Mollo. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You got that. Mollo. I got that down. All right. So, all right. So people can go and check you out. Yep. And anything else you want to promote? No, just that, uh, look, you know, I think women need to support each other. So if they're young women in technology looking for, you know, a mentorship, um, I'm always open to a coffee chat to help out another young, uh, ambitious, uh, woman in tech. Perfect. We need more women in technical marketing. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. And in tech roles in general, you know, it's, uh, it, it's and there's still a lot of room for improvement very mm-hmm. much so very much so so well I thank you so much for talking to me you're so busy and you took the time today to talk to me so thank you so much and uh we need to keep in touch yes and um I want to know more about the when it the winter when I should come up in the winter for my ride yeah down the <laughs> canal <laughs> February. February. February sounds a good time. Okay. Yes. There's a big carnival, carnival in February. Oh, well, I'll come up for the festivities. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. And I'll go to a root store. Perfect. (laughs) We have many. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And I will, um, let you know when we get this all put together and ready to broadcast, um, My buddy Darren my buddy Darren does all that for me. So um, send it over and we'll we'll talk again how about? That sounds good. I Uh, don't like it. It's been a pleasure. It has been a great pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwidit.org.